Guess what, Rob? It is now on Spotify. Seth BBDC told me that it's up on Spotify now. So if you guys like that song, look up a little higher on Spotify, and there it will be. You can listen to it for free. And hey, I am with RVD. It's hey. one of a kind with RVD. Sounds like that rhymes to me. <laughs> hey, that brings me a lot of glee. So there we go. Um, okay. It is Super Bowl. Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday. Is it? No, next week is. But oh. I was using bowl as in like bowl. So uh, that was a little pun going on there. That okay. I was doing for promotional reasons. Uh, so we're speaking of, we have Get Blitz, Mickey Ray Sinatra and his wife, Courtney, are partners. And they uh, are our newest sponsor coming up. So I'll, I'll be talking about them later on. But go to get-blitz.com, use promo code RVD, and you get 15% off. So Check that out. Help out the show in that way. But Rob, how are you doing today? Um, absolutely terrific, dude. Fantastic. Damn good. And uh, um, you know, we're doing the show on a different day today. I was traveling all day Thursday, so I'm glad we decided to do that because no time would have worked. I had a flight from Nolens to Denver. And then from Denver to Las Vegas, and uh, my day changed dramatically as the day went on. So I was at Denver waiting for my departure to Vegas, and it went from 4.30 to 5.30 to 6.30 to uh, 7.30 to uh, 10.30 to 11.30, and then back down to 9.30. And you got to watch them because they do that. They do that a lot. And uh, they catch me sometimes before I'm leaving home. In fact, they did that to Katie yesterday. Before we leave home, it says, oh, your plane's delayed. If you count on that and then they move it forward and you're not at the gate, then you're fucked. And I, we missed the flight uh, about a month ago because of that. But I miss flights often. I can deal with it. It's stressful. Not, and, you know, adds a lot of crap to your to your. Um, to your trip but uh what i did for katie because usually i don't leave time for this myself i'm last minute running around throwing shit jumping in the car but since it, since it wasn't me it was katie leaving because she's wrestling uh tonight in san antonio oh really rcw yeah oh. um i just googled her flight number and i just kept my eye on the whole plane i said it's not even in long beach yet it still has to go to long beach and then uh expected to leave there to come to vegas at this time so that's a smart way to do it and um if you didn't know you can do that how about that i did i had no idea that's pretty nice. yeah i'll tell you exactly where your plane is right now and what the estimations are and you can keep up with it wow geez well that's news to me because guess what rob i'm heading to vegas next week actually uh it was impromptu like, because of the WrestleMania kickoffs happening, so they're having that huge press conference with The Rock and Roman Reigns and all those all those stars there at WWE and Triple H is going to be there and, like, interview opportunities. So I booked the flight. And 
I'll be there next week, so I should keep tabs on that. That is Super Bowl Sunday, or that'll be Super Bowl week. So it'll be uh, Thursday is when the big event for WWE is going on the WrestleMania kickoff show. Oh, so, yeah, cool. so I'll be right yeah. in the thick of the action, man. Yeah, where's that at? <laughs> uh, the T-Mobile Arena. So where the Golden Knights play the hockey team. What are they the doing? Is it a show? A wrestling? Oh, it's show? like a press conference, I think, basically, where they're. Uh, doing some stuff and then afterwards is the media events where they have interviews and all that stuff so i was like i should probably be there if i'm media so <laughs> well, hey um let's uh let's bring on our guest yeah. right down the middle my man my fam the rob van dam manager of the year fonzie daddy bring him on hey boys fonzie how are you I am a five star daddy. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Good to see you, Fonzie Daddy. What do you think about that song? I loved it. I loved right. it. Right. Somebody wrote that for you? Yeah. Yeah. It. And he's he's here watching the show, probably. He always is. Seth is here. I have do I see Seth in the chat? Yes, I might. Um so yeah, Daddy. Uh what's going on with you, dude? I haven't seen you in a minute. I uh, um, I will see you in April, maybe before. Um, I'll see you in April. I'm there three days or four days in WrestleCon, right? In Philadelphia, we're yeah. very familiar with that. Yeah, yeah, yep, I'm there three days uh, with Sabu. I'm with Sabu next week in Boston. Uh, um, I'm with him a couple times coming up. I'm working on weekends, staying busy. Um, Monday, Monday through Thursday, I'm just chilling in my little villa with my beautiful, tall, blonde Hungarian wife, which I adore. Are you enjoying? How are you enjoying the married life? I love it, RVD. Awesome! Congratulations! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I might, I might go. I might pick Sabu up uh, from the airport later tonight. Yeah. Oh, so nice. Yeah. Yes, yeah, sir. Yes, if I could do it, I said. I said, cool. So. Um, as long as he follows up with some info, I get my, my, uh, the info I got so far is, uh, he gets in at 10 or 11. So that's not very much info to go by yet, but, but it's early here. It's early here. Fonzie, I don't know if you know this or not, but RVD, uh, wrestled last week on AEW totally crushed it. Don't know what kind of noise makes your ears or not daddy, but you know, this was the next loudest news to the McMahon scandal. I had a lot of people message me on my uh, social media and say, hey, RVD's on. So by the time I put it on, you were just finishing up. So I kind of missed it. Uh, but very cool. Very cool. I, I thought that might happen. That's why I asked Dom if we could show a couple of highlights uh, on here. And then he was worried if we show it there could be a copyright right we'll get like you'll get a warning on your channel and all this malarkey i was like i better better be safe than sorry rvd daddy i was on a show um about four or five months ago and uh, a guy came up to me his name was qt marshall and he worked for tony khan he was like in the office is he uh he said hey my name's qt marshall fonzie your name came up in a production meeting i said oh great what do i do he said, just hold on. So I, I held on. So I see him uh, like two or three months later. He said, hey, Bonzi. Uh, I said, yeah, I remember you, uh, QT Marshall. He said, your name came up again in another production meeting. So that's two times. So 
if you want to drop my name to Tony Khan and see what's going on, I, I don't mind. Fucking hey. Yeah, congratulations on uh, uh, that, Van Dam. Yeah, Rob, how do you feel about, like, after it's all said and done, going into the match, all that stuff? How do you feel about it? Having, yeah. having a match to swerve. Yeah, man, I, I really liked working with him and uh, and I really enjoyed the match. You know, I had in a little extra time because I they booked it and then they pushed it back a week, which changed the location from Savannah to New Orleans. But they had this match in mind that they were uh, wanting to bring me in for. And uh, I, I put... I looked up Swerve on YouTube, looked at it for a little minute, and I just knew, you know, I was like, man, I, I dig this guy's vibe, and we're gonna have a fucking kick-ass match, and, um, you know, I understood the assignment, you know, as so I came in to punish him, hardcore style, uh, I thought it went all really well. I haven't watched it yet; I've seen just some highlights, but uh, someone earlier told me that the end got cut off, and now, now I would understand. I. I saw some complaints on social media about, um, um, I can't remember what they call the extra time, bump, feed, what are they? Overrun? The Overrun, yeah. And I saw Tony had put a, uh, a tweet out. This was when I was leaving the building or something. So uh, it was it was that night. It was, it, was, it was at the moment, you know, real time. I remember seeing, he put something out about, hey, everyone in a, Thanks, TNT, for giving us an overrun. Whatever. He, he, it sounded positive, and then all the fans were complaining. I hate it when you do this every time. And, and I didn't understand why, but uh, so I was like, I thought, doesn't it do that every week? Like, I thought on TBS it always goes from, you know, like 8.05 to 10.05 or, or whatever. It used to do that. Yeah, I don't know. They might have changed it. Or, I know, like, recently they've been going, like, I think they even had, like, a 30-minute overrun at one point or 15 minutes or something. Whoa, like that. yeah, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Either way, uh, I don't know. I might not have got the, the finish. But, uh, yeah, all uh, – I, you know, I loved it. I had fun. And uh, people said they could tell that I was having fun. They know me. And um, uh, got a lot of people talking. Lots of good stuff. People are People are blown away. So glad to inspire, you know. One, one comment I said, because I had all day, as I explained, to Denver waiting oh, for my geez. plane. And so I tweeted a lot, and I was on there. Um, and I was like, why is nobody talking about Billy Gunn? Everyone's talking about, you know, what, like, I, I reached um, God status, Fonzie. That's the way they put it. <laughs> someone <laughs> someone saw me after the match uh, on Wednesday, and they said, I was driving here, and I saw on my Twitter, Rob reached God status tonight. And I was like, what? I got to see that. But I was like, why is anyone talking about Billy Gunn? He looks fucking great. And he's like, he's like uh, 60, right? Right. But then a couple of comments said they are, Rob. People are talking about him. And so I'm like, okay, good. Because I I didn't hear it. But they're just not projecting that at me. But damn, The Rock is 58. And I don't know if you noticed, but he's in pretty damn good shape too. So um, glad to be up there among those that inspire, you know, because you read through the comments, there's always somebody that wants to be that guy, you know, oh, great, 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 great. Then one guy, eh. <laughs> like there's always some guy that wants to be that. Blows out a lot, you know, it blows up, but you know, like, why would you even want to be that negative guy besides the fact that you're wrong? But even if that is your opinion, like, but anyway, we can talk about that shit later. 
Yeah, for sure. Rob, uh, real quick before we get to Fonzie and stuff a little bit too, uh, what was like your interaction backstage with uh, Swerve or whoever that you interacted with that you got the chance to to like shoot the shit with her basically? Good, dude. I, you know, I get a lot of respect there, obviously. Um, and uh, I'm a lot. It's I was telling Katie, it's weird, but I'm more comfortable there than I am with at WWE, and maybe. Uh, if it feels less grandioso, like, uh, like it has a very important indie vibe that's like cranked up to like, boom, it's TV day, but it's, it's not the same as the pressure, uh, it, at least it doesn't seem like it around WWE. And by that, I mean like the agenda of what your job is to do throughout the whole like day uh seems it seems less complicated as opposed to sometimes there's there's backsides and different sides to your job that that involve how you treat certain people or or who you talk to or whatever that that you got to take a while to to learn to look around there's different sides it's not it's three-dimensional it's not a flat fucking uh piece of paper with an assignment on it. And I don't know if that explains it, but um, besides that, you know, I also am at a different stage in my career, but, but still, I don't know, still just even being like a WWE, it's just like, everyone's feels like they're so pressured up and got to thinking about what, what they got to do, you know, their part on the show and, and all that. And, and that's, you know, that's typical in certain uh, areas of performance arts. So you know, it is what it is. But anyway, yeah, I talked to John Morrison quite a while. I talked to Taz for quite a while. And uh, uh, everybody was uh, super cool. Well, uh, how? what was Tony Khan's reaction to the match? Do you enjoy it? And uh, did he give you any feedback? Or you have any interaction with him after the match when it was all said and done? Um, he said it was uh, fantastic, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know how much he saw it because... Uh, he, I think that he acted more excited at other times at the other matches, but, but, but I have to agree, like Brian Cage said, you know, this was my best uh, AEW match that I've had so far. So, you know, um, so I don't, I don't know, you know, like how he, if he was distracted or, or what, but he definitely liked it. Said it was fantastic. And, uh, I'm sure he's gotten a lot of, uh, feedback from the fans as well. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Brian Cage, what the fuck? Why did he uh, he attacked you? You just praised him on here a little a couple weeks ago. You said how much you liked him, and then he yeah, you. yeah. Well, I know how to separate uh, personal from business, and uh, one thing that I, I like about this all the way through is well, kind of gives him a reason to bring me back now, doesn't it? I think so. I think so. And uh, hey, you never know. Maybe we'll see Fonzie uh, show up there too at. Uh, become all elite at some point in time huh how about that <laughs> right down the middle daddy right down the middle baby you got a lot of ties don't you in aw talk about your relationship with rob how it kind of all started there and then with taz too is it my turn yeah yeah you fonzie you were a hey, fonzie were you you were managing taz when me and sabu wrestled him and then he just came over and then uh, switched to manage us right or no Right. When, when I originally, Paul Heyman called me. I just left WWF at the time. Um, oh, okay. And uh, 
I was out of, um, Vince let me go because business had went down a little bit. He says, Fonzie, we're going to let you go. And when business picks back up, we may bring him back in. Thank you. And we'll use you when we come to Florida and so on and so on. So about a month later, I get a phone call from Paul Heyman. And I knew Paul from, you know, WCW and Florida Championship Wrestling. And Paul said, hey, Fonzie, since you just left Vince and Vince wants a doctor, his wife and the two kids are ringside, I got this idea. We got this company called ECW. I said, what the fuck's an ECW? I've never worked an indie show in my life. I thought it was some type of indie show. This is hardcore. We want you to be come in and be anti-ECW since you just were with WWF and so on. So I came in and I was supposed to come in for four weeks and get choke slammed by 911 and I was done. Oh. But gimmick, my referee gimmick got over a little bit. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, uh, Paul Heyman thought it'd be a good idea to put me with Taz because Taz had about five gimmicks and never really sprouted and never became a big star until he became Taz. Not because they put it with me. Uh, he, he was Monkey Boy, Tasmania, with different things, and they then he came out as Taz. Uh, and they put in, and Paul Heyman put me with Taz. Uh, that was about a year, almost about a year, and Taz didn't really need me because he could talk, he could do promos, and then Paul Heyman, we did the switch on the first pay-per-view, I think, and put me with uh, uh, Sabu, because Sabu wouldn't talk, and I was a mouthpiece, and uh, so on, and then they, I got connected with Van Damme, and we had that two-year run with the longest TV champion, it was great, so I had a five-year run, supposed to be four weeks, but it ended up being a five-year run. And from from out of that, I'm still working to this day. You know, ECW has that cult-like following still. Uh, and I'm no, you know, I've been a referee since 1978, been around the world and the referee WrestleManias and Tokyo Dome and, and all that. But I'm, they know me as that, but they know more of my character from ECW. So that's uh, why I'm, I turned... Oh, Fonzie's still there. I froze, Daddy. We froze don't know. On up. He froze on up. <laughs> Maybe he got a phone call on there or something. Fonzie, Daddy. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Come back on. You're yeah, back. Your screen's frozen, but you're back. Oh, there you are. We got you. I lost you for a second. Um, so I ended up being so they put me with Van Dam and some for some reason I, I clicked with Van Dam and uh of course he didn't need me, you know, Van Van Dam's uh was the whole effing show, and that was true. Sabu was fantastic, and Suicidal Homicidal has his own thing, but Van Damme is a very unique character, um, and there's nobody like Van Damme. He has, I call his, his thighs and his legs and his ability uh, redwood trees, because <laughs> I've never seen any, he does the best five-star front, uh, front splash in the business. Uh, very unique uh, and very cool, too. So I just had a fantastic time with Van Damme, and we did a lot together. Um, I see that jumping over you to do the frog splash. Right. That was fun. Right. And was that yeah. what we call the the Japan Japan? What we call the uh, move, the Ventura, where you jump from turnbuckle to turnbuckle and held the chair, Ventura. Yeah, Terminator. Van Terminator. Terminator. Yeah, that was Terminator Yeah, that's something that. Um, Sometimes I'm going to have to bust that out just because it's been a minute since I've done it. Bring right. it on out. <laughs> and once in a while I do that. And, you know, like, uh, 
I haven't done a Northern Lights suplex in like at least 10 years. I think I'll do one tonight. You know, that's what happens when you're not wrestling every night. You know, I can change it up a little bit and think of some shit I haven't done in a long time. But um, that's that's how that came about. <clears throat> nice, nice. Well, uh, yeah, I had a great run and Van Damme didn't need me at all. But for some reason, we clicked and they kept me with Van Damme. And uh, thanks, RVD. Right. we had a lot of fun yeah i think it was cool because like the aspect is like rob your skill set is so unique and and uh you know fans pop for that kind of thing but we mentioned it on an earlier podcast where we covered you fonzie was saying like how you brought that heel more of that heat to to rob and to sabu and stuff like that and got that across because you're constantly whistling it was wrestlepalooza we were watching the one in Georgia where uh, Rob and Sabu wrestled one another, and you're just constantly whistling the whole time. And it's just like it added to like, oh, that font, he's got to shut the f up, <laughs> like, all that kind of thing you're thinking of. So you it really know, big Rob, you know, I, I had to be a heel and all that, and and that was uh, kind of the what they wanted. Yeah, we became characters. We became we became beloved characters. You know, they were, uh, they loved us after a while. So. It, it just changed. It was for the better. So it was really cool. But I yeah. enjoyed Interacting off of your energy uh, brought me out of my shell and helped me to do promos. Because when I first went to ECW, I was too shy. I didn't have anything to say. And I didn't want to go anywhere near the promo room. I remember Paul telling me, you know, no, just come in and check it out one time. You know, you, we, you don't feel like you're going to be pressured to do anything. Just see what we do, you know, and check it out, you know. But it was after uh, doing all the promos with you that I started feeling more comfortable of, uh, I guess, you gave me something to say because you were, you know, countering my energy so much that I'm like, Daddy, we're, we're trying to get to the same place, but relax, you know. <laughs> we were at living... I, you know, as a referee, I refereed for 20-something years before I got to ECW. And how many promos did I do as a referee? Ten. You know, <laughs> you know that uh, explain something or whatever. Uh, so my first time coming in, and Paul even wanted me to do a promo, and I couldn't. I did five, two takes, take three, take four. Then I became, um, so I said, Paul, I don't know how to do a promo. He said, just act like a shoot. You know you're going to be in Philadelphia. You know you're fighting Taz. Van Damme fighting Taz. You know that we're at the, this, we're there. Just treat it like a shoot. So now I'm one take Fonzie. Uh, <laughs> treat it like I talk about my guy with tree trunks by Van Damme, the whole effing show and uh, uh, Sabu and it would make my job easy and I love doing the promos and I ended up being reasonably doing them well. How did you feel jumping into the manager role too? Like, was that kind of like nerve wracking for you going from referee to like being a manager? You would think it would be, uh, but I had been around the business mm -hmm. uh, since 1978. And I started in May of 95 in ECW. And then, you know, about uh, four weeks into that, I became a manager with Taz. And it was just some type of natural flow. But uh, Paul Heyman seemed to okay. me. And, you know, I was just being Fonzie um, mm -hmm. around all these great guys. In fact, um, I just got the 
Gary Hart Award Manager of the Year from a company that I worked for in Florida, CCW. Kind of reminded me of a uh, young ECW with a company. Uh, and uh, so it, it was just a flow. I didn't know I could do it. And I, you know, and uh, how could I not be good? I was with Van Dam and Sabu, you know? If I was the shits, uh, they, they, you know, didn't work. Be reasonably well. And you would have just got choked okay. by nine one one and then been out of there. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and do you have any um, uh, any uh, Pat Patterson or Mel Phillips uh, experiences you'd like to share with us? Well, I I do have a Pat Patterson. If you guys want to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Uh, WrestleMania 9, it was Giant Gonzalez against The Undertaker in one of the main events. And I uh, was Giant Gonzalez's personal assistant for three years. The largest athlete on the planet was very cool. And I got a couple of stories to tell you about that that you guys might like. Um, so, uh, uh, like a week before WrestleMania, we did a, a, like a spot show somewhere, WWF, and it was Undertaker. And Giant Gonzalez, they wanted to do the same match they would do at WrestleMania. And uh, and the finish was, I get choke slammed by Giant Gonzalez. Mm -hmm. And he's almost eight foot tall. And when I'm up there, he's, you know, I'm like 15 foot in the air. And instead of letting me float down, he pushes me down as hard as you can. Bam! Knocked me out concussion. I was out cold. It carried oh. me back to the dressing room. And uh, finally, I came around and Pat Patterson followed me in the shower. And uh, was watching me. He said, "Oh, I'm gonna just make sure you're okay." Um, I don't know if he molested me or not. I don't think so. <laughs> you, you were concussed. Uh, yeah, he couldn't remember. Right. I, was getting, and I don't know if he took advantage of me or not. But God bless Pat. You know what I mean. Uh, um, but he sure did follow me in the bathroom. I remember that much. And you, you, and you have a loss of memory of then what happened. I do remember you. Telling, I do remember you telling me this before. You would have jacked me off or something, but that didn't happen. I'm pretty sure that didn't happen. But, uh, but he sure. Would you have been the, do you think you would you have been the pitcher or the catcher? I wouldn't let it happen. I, I like girls too much. <laughs> well, um, what do you, Bill? What do you think about the uh, or Fonzie? I just uh, Fonzie. What do you think about uh, the Vince McMahon allegations and everything like that? Is did you have any thoughts on that? Golly, I don't know what to say. I don't want to get no heat on Vince, but he's bringing it upon himself, you know? I I guess he got so eccentric. And uh, my goodness. Yeah, the thing, the, one thing that I came to terms with, you know, when I was thinking about, like, how could I even describe how I feel when I'm asked about this, yeah. is, is that for me, whether, because, I mean, I, I've heard... Uh, opposite now I've heard first I heard nothing negative about the girl and I was like wow I'm so surprised people aren't attacking her today I heard a lot of people attacking her and and, and the opposite perspective you know of of what it was portrayed as before but anyway for me one thing I'm sure about is um if all this is true what all the stuff that was happening whether it was consensual or not, I'm still very disturbed and disgusted by it. It's some dark stuff. Like there's just no way around it. Like in that regard, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's really is. 
And at that point, I think that makes me judgmental. Well, Rob, you told a story at WrestleMania week uh, on a bus or something, and there was somebody that had a gun you saw or something like that, and you, you felt like, obligated to do something almost and uh stuff Absolutely. ended up working out but it was like I, yeah i jumped off the bus and uh, when i saw his gun like i was i started like reaching to it i'm already thinking like am i gonna you know what's gonna happen is he gonna pull this aggressively is he gonna point that at anybody but he made it very obvious he was putting it away in his trunk and i let him do it but i mean yeah i was i'm i'm it's just i was the closest person to him i put myself there and that was that's just natural yeah yeah bill fonzie do you have any crazy stories like that when it comes to like being in wrestling and like the heat that gets picked up like with fans back in the like the 70s and stuff like that when you first kind of were getting in there it was like any crazy because i heard the stories like terry funk getting stabbed in like puerto rico by fans and then certain shit like that all happening do you have any kind of crazy instances like that i don't think of some cool stuff that happened but it was a different era and uh, of course you know, there were fans jumping in the ring and uh, and so on, but I can't think of nothing right offhand, but there's tons of stories like that. Um, I, get call, I get called like that a lot of times when people want a story, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I got tons. What I was going to say was that even I've been on YouTube learning what I could about the allegations um, and, and a lot of stuff would come up from the past like in uh in the early 90s the merv griffin show and the um um geraldo rivera show and uh tom cole the ring boy that that was accusing mel phillips the ring announcer what he was doing and, and all of that stuff but anyway back then they thought it was okay to to express their tongue-in-cheek humor about the situation by letting out little jokes during commentary, you know, like there'd be a wrestling programs like the 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 uh, Phil Donahue or the or uh, yeah. The, well, you, you were, were watching wrestling, you heard them, and you didn't oh, understand. I get what you mean, yeah. Yeah, like you know, they, they'd be a wrestler in the ring, and they'd say, "Oh, he comes, you know, right out of the back door of Terry Terry Garvin's school of wrestling, or, or whatever." I don't know if that's exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and it was, and you look back at it now, and uh, not that it was okay then, but if it was at all funny then, it certainly fucking isn't now at all. And it's like, it's like that was how long ago? Thirty years ago plus. Yeah. And already it was old news. It was already old news, you know. Um, so it, it's crazy to think, uh, looking back. At, at that um, the horribleness, how bad it was then, and to think that people could, for thirty years, continue on that um, on that on that pathway, and it, I don't think the world feels the same about it. Not that they they were outraged then, but not. I don't think you know. In today's world, it's very much more unacceptable. Than it was in 1900, maybe even in 1970, even though it was really, really bad. And right. um, in the wrestling business, we were almost like a secret society. We were really close knit, and uh, nobody knew what we were doing. And maybe they thought that was all right, or uh, but you know, now with social media and the worldwide news, you can hear something that happened in China from 20 minutes. You know. Uh, instantly mm -hmm. 
Uh, so, but it, it's been going on for a long time, and you know the wrestling business has kept uh, for a long time, and you know held that secret. Now, where's uh, sports entertainment? I don't call it wrestling anymore ever. Uh, yeah, what, what do you do if I'm at a party with my wife? She's a nurse, and the doctors say, "Oh, fun, funsy, what do you do for a living?" I say, "Oh, I was in sports entertainment." You know, you dropped my name, Daddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so what, one of the videos or a few of the videos but with that that I came across uh, not literally um, that I watched on YouTube um, Fabzi have you ever seen the video of Roddy Piper talking about um, his experience with Pat Patterson when he was young no but I've seen uh, Piper on uh, damn it, I just saw a video with him and four other wrestlers on a talk show, I can't was it Bill Maher? Was it Bill yeah. Maher? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, okay. What I was gonna say about this video, though, it's so intense to watch, I and mean, he's so uncomfortable talking about it and everything that that's the overriding tone. Watching it is like he's 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 wiggling around in his chair like he's being tortured, looking away from uh, um, Sean Oliver, you know, when he. Oh, and, and and not just about the situation that's relevant here with talking about uh, him being younger and whatever happened there, but also even just breaking kayfabe. I say that every week that we were a secret society, you know, behind closed doors. He's so uncomfortable talking to Sean Oliver about anything about wrestling. He asked him a question about what was it like you know, to, to physically to work with someone like Andre the Giant in the ring. And Roddy's just like, I, I feel, he was just like, I can't, I mean, he was just, he was just like, I, I, I never talk like this to anybody. Okay. <laughs> and it was, it was like, it was just like, um, he was like dared to do it. And like someone had said, it's okay, Roddy. Kayfabe is dead. And it was, I, I respected him for that because that's what I got into was the end of that era. And if you look it up, he, it's like he's, it's like he's stooging on his friends for doing murders and all he's doing right. is trying to, be, trying to describe how to sell to a crowd. When I started May of 1980 for Florida championship wrestling, the heels and the baby faces got dressed in two different dressers and not, never saw each other until they got in the ring. And uh, Charlie Lay was the guy, one of the office guys. We would go pick up our check. He said, who are you riding with? Uh, you couldn't ride with a heel. Babyface couldn't ride together. You did that big trouble. Uh, super cafe back then, back in the day. Not yeah. like you know, I say sports entertainment, you know? Fonzie, did you kind of wish it was kind of like that, though? Like where it's like, you know, the, the kayfabe was still, I know it's kind of harder in today's world. No, the evolution has changed. It'll never be back like that. And I'm glad it's like, it is now more, more uh, sports entertainment. It gives us more to do. Uh, that secret society used to get me in trouble because if some guy would come up to me and say, oh, wrestling's fake. I'd have to slap him. Yeah. Right. You gotta be like, all right, no, it's not. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was in, uh, uh, we had the holiday Inn in Philadelphia after ECW show and we were checking in. I was sitting in the lobby and I already checked in. There was a bunch of the guys checking in and there was a rugby team checking in from Europe and then one of the rugby players was sitting right next to me 
and he said, man, who were those, all those big guys over there? I said, I don't know. I, I, they look like uh, wrestling or something. He said, oh, all that fake bullshit. And, and they defended me you know, for some reason. I said, I said, uh, and I made some stupid comment like, your mother's a fucking whore, you fucking <laughs> asshole. And you fucking start beating me up for about 15 seconds, hitting me in the head. And New Jack said, hey, that guy's beating up Fonzie. And they beat the fuck out of that guy. But I started it. I could have been, you know, yeah, it was sports entertainment, you know, or something like that. But I got offended when he said, but he offended me the way he was saying it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like just disparaging or uh, like Bill Maher. Like Bill Maher was saying that. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, The The difference was he probably didn't know that you were with the wrestler. So he wasn't. He wasn't intentionally offending you. Imagine when when people talk to us like that and, and they're trying to offend us, how much harder it is. Because it's like the only reason this person said that, you know, is to get a reaction out of me. So do I give it to him? At all. He didn't know who I was at all. Yeah. So he didn't even mean to offend you. It still offended me and he didn't know, you know, but. Hi, uh, Daddy. I know. I traveled with you, Daddy. I know. Rob, when old school. Still one of the boys. Still one of the boys. Even if, uh, even if they don't know, they're gonna find out. They'll find out one way or another. Rob, yeah. so like back in like when you were in ECW and like just uh, you know in the late '90s and stuff like that. If like I'm sure you had those instances too, where people would be like, "All oh, that fake shit and stuff like that." How would you kind of respond to all that that aspect? That's an awesome magazine cover, by the way. I learned to deal with it. I learned as time goes by, I learned to deal with it a little bit better. You know, mm-hmm. it's starting to open up in 95, more of a sports entertainment, because when I left Vince, it was still, I was with Vince in uh, WrestleMania 9, 93, 92, 93, 94, uh, and it was worldwide wrestling. That, then he changed it to worldwide entertainment, you know, and then I got with the entertainment value of it, and it did I just dealt with it a lot easier. A know? lot easier. Rob, how about you? How, how did you handle that kind of stuff when you'd have somebody interaction, whether it was an athlete or whoever? No, it, it was the same way, you know, um, as Fonzie said, as a wrestler, um, I remember sometimes uh, when I was so young that I was still like at parties, you know, like high school-ish parties, and that's when me and my friend Dangle used to always look for fights and and stuff. You know, we were just stupid, but we were testing ourselves. But it's not a very, it's it's a it's it's a destructive way. You know, if you're going out with no rules or whatever. But we would we would always look for a challenge or whatever. But I I remember uh, one time just popped into my mind when you know we were telling them we're going to be pro wrestlers and 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 uh, and there were some dudes who make fun of us and they didn't like. By the way, they didn't like we were there because we went there with their girlfriends that we met at the mall. And the <laughs> girls, brought, girls brought us over to this house, and then these two dudes are over there drinking beer, and we're standing there like not leaving. But but I but this, this memory, this one particular memory that I remember, that we ended up uh, wrestling me and this dude out on the ground, and um, I actually couldn't take him. You know what I mean? So I didn't. On that this particular memory that I'm remembering now, it wasn't like an ass beating. But I didn't, I didn't defend the business uh, very well um, as, uh, you know, but I, I mean, I was 18, 17, whatever, but I forgot about this till now, but, you know, but I, but I, at least I fought, you know, for it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just fake, you know, isn't it? you know, and uh, you, you want to find out, and, but, uh, you know, 
But usually, I don't have too many stories that end up with with me not on top. That one just popped in my head, and who knows? It, it probably happened, but I, I know. Go ahead. In a place where I don't bring up sports entertainment, so I don't get asked these silly questions, you know. Right. Uh, and sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. But I kind of try to avoid it. If I know the guy's an asshole or something, he's and I know he's how it's, a lot of people react. Mm-hmm. Oh, all that fake and this and that. I don't want to go through the channels of explaining and, and defending my uh, my uh, livelihood for the last 45 years. But uh, And sometimes I do. But a lot of times I avoid it. Yeah. If, yeah. If, um, if someone is just asking to be an asshole, then I don't bother giving them an answer. But if, they're, if they ask because they really do want to hear my perspective, then I give it to them. And I'll give it to you if you want, Dom. I don't know if I've done this recently on this show because I've done a few podcast interviews recently. And uh, stop me if I just did this last week. But if you haven't heard me talk on an interview, for me, when other wrestlers point out their injuries, you know, and say, oh, you see that fucking... uh, talking about this, yep. We did, okay. Then I won't bother again. It's uh, a great perspective, though, because I, I was... It's been that way. It's real to me. I'm fucking yeah. really... I'm really doing those moves. There's not fucking uh, wires guiding me down. And we really are competing, uh, not not for necessarily uh, to win the match, but really in the backstage, fucking with the politics and everything considering uh you know most wrestlers do want to win then yeah they go through talking to the agents or the writers or whatever and 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 that is definitely part of the competition you know they get you ahead that gets them ahead not me yeah well uh let's get by the way i ended up after hearing the question enough uh usually the short answer for me if someone says, you know, is that stuff real or fake? I just say, look, let me pick you up and body slam you one time. And then you tell me. <laughs> then you'll know. <laughs> then is that easy? Yeah. Is that easy? Any, you know, bam. What would you think, buddy? Get up. <laughs> right. Let me pie face you with a chair. I, I broke my arm so bad in a match. And I was uh, either a manager or a referee where I had to get it uh, rushed to the hospital and put a titanium plate in there and six screws. I've got multiple stitches. I've almost bled to death. My shoulders. I'm a referee and a manager. Yeah, right. You're not even. You're not even a wrestler. I showed you my carpet burn, right? Yeah, the, the mat burn. The mat burn happened. Mat burns. Yes, uh, so I've got a lot of injuries. Crazy. It's crazy, man. All the. Wendy, you were telling before Rob joined us. You were telling me that uh, the Sheik stabbed you with the pencil, right? My first professional match that I refereed was in uh, um, Lubbock, Texas. I was trying to get into business. I was trying to break into business. One of my best friends, the Cuban assassin, uh, David Sierra, uh, said, hey, Rocky Johnson got me booked in Texas. I'm going out there. I want you, you come out there with me, and I'll tell him you're my little brother and you're a referee. Uh, I've seen him recently without you, by the way. I think I think in Pennsylvania at uh, that Hershey or Harrisburg, whatever it was, something with an H. Um, Cuban assassin. Oh, oh, nice, nice. Uh, he lives here in Florida. I see him all the time. Okay. Uh, so I, I was um, I went out there. 
but they had all the referees. They had, you know, Bronco Lubridge, David Manning, this guy and that guy. So in six months, I got to work four times. Uh, at times. Um, so what, what was the question? I forgot. I was just telling it how the oh, sheet stabbed you with the pencil. So, so one of the matches that I worked, my first professional match that I worked, um, is the Sheik, Sabu Zunko, and Terry Funk in a chain match. And the Sheik ended up beating the referee up, which was me, and stabbed, you know, didn't mean to stab me, uh, you know, but he stabbed me in the arm. I still have the lead mark. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Sabu, that's why Sabu put iClick so good, because I told him that story and he loved it. <laughs> a permanent autograph you had. Yeah. A permanent autograph. Cool. Right? <laughs> Well, let's and get I, to some. Sorry, the end got in here, broke in here, May nineteen eighty. And then, yeah, and then things full time since then, huh? Full time since then. Pretty much, yeah. Well, let's get to some uh, super chats here. Uh, Fonzie, you can weigh in on these too. Uh, Beyond the script podcast, the four ninety nine. Thank you. Fantastic job on AEW, Rob. What do you think of the Cody Rhodes situation? So him winning the Rumble and then the Rock coming in there and everything like that is what's happening. And it looks like it's going to be the Rock and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Is the AEW locker room pissed? RVD, baby. So, Rob, what's what's your thoughts on that? Is that how they did it? He won the Royal Rumble and was supposed to get the match. Then the Rock came in and just said, no, it's going to be me. So how they ha- so what happened? Yes, Cody won the Rumble, the Royal Rumble, uh-huh. and then uh, everybody's thinking he's going for Roman Reigns' title because that's what he lost last at last WrestleMania. But it wasn't that wasn't the prize of the Royal Rumble. But Cody could have his choice of what title he wanted to choose. So he could either challenge Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight <laughs> Title, or he okay. could challenge uh, Roman Reigns for the WWE title. And so what it looked like was Cody was going for that WWE championship against Roman Reigns. And then on Monday, Seth Rollins came out and be like, hey, you should challenge for the big gold, the belt that I have. That's Dusty's belt. That's, uh, you know, uh, Ric Flair's belt. Do you want the Hollywood title that Roman Reigns has that he never defends? So then on SmackDown this past Friday, Roman Reigns comes out, talks trash about Seth Rollins and that title. And then uh, Cody Rhodes comes out. He's like, so I want that title. He was like, but... I want, but I've spoken to a lot of people, and I won't challenge for that title at WrestleMania coming up, but this person will. And out came The Rock. And so that's kind of what happened and how it all set up. But a lot of fans, a lot of fans are upset because they wanted to see Cody Rhodes challenge for that title. But uh, The Rock at WrestleMania 40. For sports entertainment, if they put put them in for the title and put the title on them right away, uh, so hopefully The Rock puts them over and then he gets a shot next year or whatever and then he's going to be the champion for the next six to seven years probably they they need somebody and cody's a hell of a hand uh, yeah absolutely big name absolutely and absolutely people, people like him he's very marketable mm-hmm. he is very marketable but big time big time yeah so rob that's kind of the situation that they have going on yeah well thank you for the backstory because i did see on social media the headlines or, or, or little comments. I knew the fans were upset that it was going to be Cody. Uh, w- instead of Cody, it was going to be uh, The Rock. I saw the headlines on some YouTube videos that I didn't listen to that said The Rock got booed. Fans are upset that it wasn't Cody. And my thoughts on that were um, I got asked that I think it was going to be the rock or Cody, like, I don't know, a month ago or whatever. And, and I said, the rock, like it's, uh, 
the, the those guys, um, the tribal family or whatever, uh, they've been taken over. Um, obviously, WWE loves them. WWE Universe loves them. And and you know what a what a huge part of the story bringing the Rock back and having him challenge is to that whole dynasty and bloodline and how can you not do that if you have the ability to to have that match at WrestleMania where you're putting everything you got into into that one night to make it the best show of the year and and I look at the fans complaining about it as a good thing I think you know that uh, they're behind Cody so much that that's good. That's what you want. He's a he's a great baby face, and that's part of his story. Is the fans are going to think that when he deserved the shot, that he didn't quite get it. They're going to stick with him, and like Fonzie said, moving forward, um, then then Cody's in a great position. And the fans are always when the fans complain about things like this it seems to me like they're like they're fans that are saying i could write a better show than you you know what i mean because yeah. when i was a fan we complained if the heel tripped the baby face and the referee didn't see it yeah right that's what we complained about as fans yo come on man he got ripped off again you know you didn't even see it and now it's so big that we, we used to call them smart marks they, they right smart, you know what i mean they uh, but um, I think the majority of the WWE universe is okay with what's going on. And they'll be totally, WrestleMania is going to be huge and big, and it's going to be a fantastic show, no matter uh, which way they go. And if you're really arguing uh, that you know that it was a dumb choice, what what this billion dollar decision that teams uh, had corporate meetings over but you know what would be better are you saying that you think cody rhodes is a bigger star than the rock me no 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 i'm saying i'm saying the people that take, the oh. people that are saying it should have been cody instead of the rock are you saying cody rhodes is a bigger name than the rock because i beg to differ with that that's the thing too is like everybody's thinking from hey the story perspective and like you're you're compromising Cody what he's been through and all that stuff by having the rock face Roman when he should be facing Roman when i think bill you you said it really good is that like he's going to be a star for years to come and moving down the line if if the rock happens to beat Roman Reigns for that title or even Roman Reigns happens to beat rock for that title and Cody beats one of them then his story continues and then you have a new star moving forward i think it doesn't necessarily happen to have have to happen at WrestleMania 40 for it to be true to Cody's story. I think and The Rock is definitely one of the biggest stars. That you can put him there with Hulk, right. Hulk Hogan, The Rock, and RVD. Right. Uh, yes. There we go. Rob, that's what you got to do is you got to insert yourself into this equation here. Hey, man, I, I, I'd I, love to, but I don't think my bank would believe it if I said <laughs> I, was, I was up there with those fellers. Um, <laughs> But also, um, it's a. I forgot what I was gonna say, but you know, it's a business, and it's hard to look at it that way when you're a competitor feeling overlooked, you know, and when you're when you have to fight for your own momentum, which you do 
but don't fight too hard or they'll tell you it's a work. And it's like, it, it really takes a lot to navigate those waters, you know? So anybody that can do it this is has to have a lot of different skills. Mm -hmm. Let me put this in there. Sometimes the office doesn't get it always right. The office makes mistakes too, uh, but usually they get it right. That's yeah. You office. That's why, you know, Dusty was a booker down here. He was fantastic. You know, selling out. How could you sell out Monday, West Palm Beach, Tampa Tuesday, Miami Wednesday, uh, Jacksonville Thursday, Friday and Saturday, a spot show and Sunday, Orlando. Week after week and week after week, you had to have good stuff. Um, so the office is usually pretty damn good. Or It seems like they're mostly spot on for the most part. People harken back a lot to like when uh, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, like 10 years ago when the, he got that you know, that chance to be at WrestleMania and people really wanted him instead of Batista or uh, Randy Orton to be in that position. And then, you know, there was that big groundswell for him to be put there. And sure enough, the fans basically got what they wanted at that, that WrestleMania where they kind of changed it. So he won the titles and he beat triple H there too. And it's, it ended up working out. So um, yeah, but typically like, yeah, it's a lot of this from a business perspective in the grand scheme of it all, seems like a big deal. And I think people are a little too, caught up with like oh it's hurting cody it's not hurting cody at all cody, like rob what you said cody is just your the fans passion for it will ultimately bring cody to bigger stardom and all yeah and, and fonzie do you agree with this statement i'm about to make a person's hardships is what builds their character absolutely absolutely yeah well so keep going, keep going, um, Cody. You know, if I would have kept going when I quit, maybe I would have been in a much bigger position. You know what I mean? Like when I was world champ and I didn't, boom, I lost all my heart, you know, with uh, with what they were doing and, and I needed a spiritual uh, escape and I did that. If I would have stayed, ate shit for a little while, maybe I would have been like right back up on top. Maybe I could have been Edge. I thought we were kind of neck and neck. I didn't see big difference there. And then he ends up getting the biggest payday like in history, biggest contract, right? Uh, everyone's got their own pathways, though, you know? So I don't have, like, regrets. That 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 wasn't for me. I love where I'm at. And, uh, and now I'm in a great position where, as everybody saw on Wednesday – I can still go. I can still move uh, like I did before, but I'm so much more knowledgeable now, um, not with just experience in wrestling, but in life. I'm in such a better place, which is important. Uh, where you're at in life has a lot to do with how much you're able to, to commit. And as a performer, it's really all about commitment when it comes down to your actual performance. Well, the heart when you when, – uh... You left WWF, and your your heart wasn't in there. You were the rock of ECW. Uh, you were the Hulk Hogan of ECW. And you could have been, I'm sure, one of those big super superstars like the rock and Hogan if you would have stayed and your heart was in it. But it wasn't. You needed spiritual energy, and you had to take a break and so on. And, get, and uh, look, you're doing great, RBD. Yeah. And you're by, by the way, I saw Dolph Ziggler was like one of the – guys that was getting pushed a while ago like before he left mm -hmm. and i was thinking he did it he hung in there man because they were jobbing him out left and right and i know he must have felt underappreciated underused and so did his fans his fans always looked at him like why is this talented 
dude getting squashed every week and getting punished. And why don't they do something with him? And he didn't seem to back off because he was there, I think, before I was there and uh, there long after I was there. And uh, and then eventually it looked like it paid off and it looked like he was uh, looked like he was getting a real good push from, from whatever I saw. Like he was the top guy when when his contract ran out or whatever happened, but definitely was in a better position than, than he was. Uh, same thing with Kofi, mm-hmm. you know, you stay in there long enough, then may, maybe your time will come around. That's, that's one way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this kind of is a, a good topic then I think to talk about too, is um, CM Punk getting hurt. Uh, he tore his tricep during Royal Rumble. And now he's going to be out for, I believe, it's at least four months. But they're saying even more yeah. in com- combination with that. And he is somebody from WWE perspective that took a break, had to walk away, like for his own mental health to get, you know, back in 2014. After that Royal Rumble, he was done. And then, sure enough, he goes to AEW, uh, has a situation there, some success, some failures there, if that's how people want to look at it. And then he goes to here. Sure enough, he gets injured again. He's at what? I think he's like 44 maybe is his age. But like this is like the third injury he's had. And Rob, you, you've you uh, stretched. I was even telling my brother this. I was like, make sure you stretch before you start working out all the time too because, you know, it's important. And Rob does it all the time. So you coming from that perspective and seeing where CM Punk is at, um, how do you feel about that injury? And like, is there certain things when you get to this age like that you got to be a little bit more conscientious of? Well, I think when it comes to not getting injured, let's look at the factors. When it comes to what I can do about it, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, genetics are probably the main thing I would think with most people, but you don't have any control over. Conditioning is basically the the only other thing that I do have control over to try to put the odds in my favor. Uh, there's nothing I can do for my body other than condition it, which includes stretching, working out, anything that, you know, if it's ice baths, whatever you want to, uh, you know, anti-inflammatory uh, type of a lifestyle, meaning, you know, search for everything that's, that it, that's, you know, the fights inflammation. Um, that's all conditioning. So I'm going to say genetics and when I say conditioning, the only other thing is my movements, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, my movements that I do can uh, determine the variance and the probabilities of me getting injured. So if I'm, you know, a high flyer, I'm doing high risk moves, uh, maybe or maybe not, you know, that could be a better chance of getting hurt than uh, than if I kept it simple and didn't move very much. It seems like that would make sense anyway. Um, and that's about it. You know, it's like, it's a very physical game and it sucks for Phil, um, especially the timing of it. Cause he was so hot, uh, and was the man. fire. He was on fire when he, he was right. It was really like momentum was picking up big time. They love I, I kind of feel like, you know, like being in the ring, a lot of it, even if you're really tough and you condition yourself, it's still going to be like uh, playing defense in dodgeball. You're zooming around, running back and forth. Sometimes you're going to get hit, though, you know, bam, bam. And sometimes you might get hit every two seconds, bam. You might, you might 
sit out, just get back in the game. Someone hits you with another ball again. Damn it. And it's just because there's so many people running around. There's so many balls running around that, you know, odds are that any one of us could have it happen and happen often concurrently. And, and then, you know, we're playing an odds game, doing everything we can, hoping that doesn't happen, but it really still could. So I feel like it's more of an odds thing that people aren't, giving Phil enough credit for because I've seen some negative energy uh, on, you know, with the Twitter um, tards, uh, whatever you want to call them, um, and, and them, you know, thinking that he's fragile and coming up with all this stuff, but not necessarily. Mm-hmm. And by the way, by the way, um, most of the injuries that I know of happened with something really simple. I was in the car on my way to the AEW show on Wednesday, and I rode with um, 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 Adam. I don't think it's Adam Page. Uh, he's on a crutch. Cool, Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, he's the one that does the one arm, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Boom. What about that? What's up with that? Yeah, hey, that's half my trademark territory. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, but good guy though, and we were talking. Yeah, we were talking and I asked, he's on a crutch, you know, and got the, the walking boot and I asked him what happened and it was something, uh, something super simple. I said, same thing, Fonzie, you remember in Orlando, I did a sliding kick to, to Rhino and rolled my ankle, <laughs> broke it. After all those dives and flips and everything, and I even did a backflip right after I broke my ankle. Damn. I didn't know it was broke. I just knew it hurt and it would, usually I could shake it off. I swear I swear, I thought I was indestructible until that happened. So I didn't know how to react to it. I kept trying to walk it off, kept going. Yeah, I did the backflip. But um, anyway, I just want to mention that too, that a lot of the injuries from talking to other wrestlers, maybe you can back me up on this, Fonzie, but isn't it usually simple stuff? Just a twist of the of the ankle in, the, in a loose mat or something? Usually it's the same thing you've done 165 times. How the guys, how did we wrestle 340 days a year back in, you know, when I started, these guys wrestled and they avoided a lot of injuries. Injuries start coming when we started getting a little more, uh, when the evolution started changing, the sports entertainment guys are doing way more uh, uh, action in the ring and flipping. Uh, it's crazy what they do now. Uh, so injuries so much more prone to happen uh, and it does, but it's usually uh, something that you've done a hundred times. How much can you accredit? Do you think uh, the fact that a lot of wrestlers nowadays don't wrestle as much as you guys did too back in the day? It's like you hear about it, like your body kind of calluses, quote unquote, and like you get used to doing this stuff, and then you not doing it as much, it can cause some simple stuff can kind of cause injuries. Do you think that comes into play of just wrestling less? I personally don't if someone's doing it full time. Okay. Because if you're not doing it five days a week, but you're doing it one day a week, that's that's plenty. I mean, okay. that's probably probably a way better balance for, for for your body, you know, in the long run. Um, you, you, like when I first came back to AEW uh, after my match, I was thinking, man, if I came back every week, I'd get like warmed up. Uh, this match, it, I think my last match was in AEW, so that was October. 
Yeah, it was like a tag with Hook, right? It was in on Collision you did it with. That, I think I, that was your last one. I think we decided that. So that's, you know, November, December, January. So that's three months, you know, um, for me. But obviously, I've been doing it a long time, and I, and I know what to – what to do to keep myself in condition and everything. But, um, but if it, if it was like once a year, then definitely I'd want to get in a ring and roll, you know, hit the ropes, bump around a little bit. If it was like once a year, if it was once every six months on the fence, might want to get in the ring um, or maybe I'll just get in the ring before the show, make sure I can jump up to the top rope or whatever, you know, but um, overall though, I don't think you need to go every single day in order to get conditioned for the ring. I think, it gets you conditioned real fast, but it, but for longevity, you know, it might take a, a few more weeks to get there. But if you did it once or twice a week, I think that would probably be, probably be ideal um, in in about three weeks, or depending on who you are. But your body in two or three weeks, you would feel like you were going uh, every day anyway. Okay, that's just, good. To know. Just the traveling alone. When back in the, even in, in the, when I was working for Vince, you worked seven to ten days at home three. <laughs> Uh, the traveling and getting in the ring every night, it was, it was uh, absolutely insane. I look back at that and say, how do we do that? How do we do it? That's, that's a good point, Fonzie. Like, um, I gotta, I gotta say the travel has always hurt me more than the matches and, you know, I'll wrestle afterwards. I'm like, wow, I feel good, you know? And, um, and the next day, you know, you know, I'll be like, man, I feel good. I really liked my mask last time. My body feels pretty good, you know. And then after getting in that seat and then having to sleep sitting up with either my head back or this way or whatever, and maybe even somebody leaning on me because you're that close to each other and, and, and maybe leaning or all up against, you know, the, the window or whatever <laughs> it is. By the time I get home, I always feel so bad. And some of it could be everything catching up to me, but it's the it's the travel that, that kills me every time. And if I could stay in town and not go home afterwards, I think I'd feel great. I bet. 100%. If I could wrestle in town every night, that, in hometown, not every night, but you get it. Every time, that would be ideal. Right. Just have Tony Khan bring AEW to Vegas and like set up a residence there. Believe it or not, this this has been talked about several times, like in a dinner show kind of uh, atmosphere, which could work here in Vegas, maybe Absolutely. nowhere else. But yeah. Why the the Rat Pack's there? You had Wayne Newton. You met Wayne Newton there. It's like, why not have some wrestling? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was, uh, I think that was my idea. Now that I think about it, okay. <laughs> now that I think about it, that can actually work. That's a great idea, right? Well, I don't see why. What's the harm in that, right? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, WrestleMania 9 at Caesars Palace. So let's have a show every uh, five days a week at Caesars Palace. Right. And you get that. You don't get the usual, the usual crowd. You always get the new people showing up there. So, yeah, I think what happened, I was, I was having meetings with some people about it. And then uh, my guy, Tom Garland, uh, moved and I kind of forgot about it. But um, yeah, maybe I should pick that up again. A good idea is a good idea. I'm always a sucker for a good idea. Okay. Right, it could be like a small indie show. It had to be a huge production. You know what I mean? Somebody would like Vince or Tony Khan would have to do it. Or and, uh, but, you know, do you remember though? But do you remember Fonzie Daddy? Do you remember the movie Showgirls? Yes. Remember how like there was cheetahs where everyone's there, woo, and there's a stage. 
but then there's also like that little tiny uh job where she's you know she's where she met the black guy you know and she's there for an audition or something to dance and it's it, it's a small little room and it's alone um vegas has a, a wide range just like just like big wrestling shows and small little indie shows so even when it comes to uh stage shows or magician shows you can find some pretty small crappy ones that don't have a budget that are hoping to get discovered and work their way up midgets dancing not, not midgets magicians is what i, I was thinking magicians when i said midgets but magician midgets <laughs> why not yeah that was another idea i always had was midget mixed martial arts mmma oh my god no oh. I, I tell you what, that's not a bad idea. I know. That's not a bad idea at all, Rob. Um, so, so we do that. It's my follow through game. I think it's weak. That's you. There you go. Okay. So we have some super chats. One's is just a shout out, Rob. Um, oh, hey, by the way, read the ones. Remember, you wrote them down because we closed. Yep, I the screenshotted one. the one. I, so I'll, I'll pop that one up next. Okay. Uh, Legend One Man, for, thank you for the five dollars. He says, "Been down with the whole effing show since '97." So yes, he's getting sir. his fill here with Fonzie and RVD here tonight. Yeah, so. Daddy. How about that? Did we, get right. together, did we get together in '96 or '97 when when we worked when we were um, management? I think it was the first pay per view. Okay, barely well, legal. '97 then, right? Yeah, barely yeah. legal '97 then. That's when you became my manager. When I turned into Mister Monday Night, I went. I went with Sabu, and then uh, that night you went with Sabu. Yeah, I went with Sabu. Okay. Two right after. Got you. Almost, the, almost simultaneously, but yeah, we're we're symbiotic. If you're with one of, if you're down with one of us, you got to be down with the right. other. Right. I love that. I love that. That's. I wonder if I'm. I'm gonna be picking him up from the airport. I guess I still got a long time, but um, yeah, I love that though. Having uh, someone like that and having that relationship, uh, you know, as a as a shoot, he my brother. The lasting bond you guys have is pretty. Hey, cool. don't scissor us, bro. Don't scissor us. Okay, that's it. Okay. RVD, do you remember doing the show? Fifty years of funk. Last match in Amarillo, Texas, in USF uh, on the card. And I was managing Sabu. Can you see that? I, yeah, what a picture. That's funny. And I got black. Is that black? Uh, oh, okay. I don't know if that's uh, uh, electric tape on my wrist or athletic tape. But. Oh, yeah. What is it? Hmm. Oh, it, it's black tape for sure. But uh, uh and, and I was probably barefoot. But no, I remember. It, I look barefoot. But I do remember the show. I wrestled Dory Funk Jr. <laughs> And did not take it easy on him at all. You know, like did my 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 helo over the top rope where my heavy ass, you know, crushes everybody's shoulder and um uh kicked him in the face, vandaminated him, all kinds of stuff. And what's it, weird it was it was he was he there for you when you were doing your moves? And, well, I mean the, as I remember, right. Yeah, I think when I did the helo out to the floor, I think it just kind of brushed him, if I remember right. But I remember telling him, and I would tell people, like, they were scared about it, man. You know what? I'm not going to get hurt. Don't worry. You know what I mean? And, and and I think I did that. But what's funny is, looking back at it, it's funny I didn't take it easy on him. Why? Because he was like an old man. What's funny about that? 
that night, Dory was my age now. <laughs> That's so crazy, too. Wow. <laughs> I wouldn't think I wouldn't think twice about catching someone doing a helo over the top rope and you know crashing and and kicking the face. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't re- I, he was he was a way older fifty three year old than RVD fifty three. So that's and crazy. That era. I used to do so many sixty minute Broadways with him. That was a common thing. And uh, when I started, they would do sixty minute Broadway. Uh, it, was, it was crazy. The other night. Yeah. The other night, I think we went like five, then like a three minute commercial break. No, we did. And then I think, and then eight or eight and then three and five. How much is that? 16. Dude. Anyway, I totally, I, dude, I totally could have gone uh, another 15 minutes. No problem. Like I felt so good. Um, and for a lot of reasons, but a lot of it was, um, being in there with, with him, I like the, you know, I like the timing. I like to do things explosively, you know, and then, and then uh, react to it, you know, let everybody react to it, you know. Um, every, like one out of every 50 comments will say, oh, he definitely slowed down, but he did pretty good for his age or something like that. And, uh, and it, you know, everyone's got their, their right to their opinion, whatever. But my perspective, though, is, Anybody that's gone through WWE does slow down. You get taught to slow down, so you make everything mean more. And a lot of the young guys now don't have that that old school attachment anymore. So what happens? They don't sell anything. They take a finish, stand right up. Take another finish, stand right up. And uh, and and back in ECW, when I watch it you know, which sometimes I'll come across it. That's the one thing that stands out in my mind. Like, yeah, impressive. I had impressive moves and stuff, but sometimes I didn't sell shit. And um, I just got like so committed to it that by the end of the match, I'm feeling everything that happened along the way. Every bump still, I'm carrying it with me. You know what I mean? If you if you DDT me at the beginning and we go 20 minutes, I'm still <laughs> I'm still walking around like that because I have I'm in I'm into it so much. You know what I mean? I feel it and it's like and uh, and I react to it. And so that's that's something everybody when they get around it's it's a green thing when you start out. Everybody that's trying to teach you says, "Whoa, slow down, slow down," right, Fonzie? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You saw, saw the five-star frog splash, fantastic. Uh, you know, big five-star, and then you'd sell your own frog splash before you cover the guy. It was great. I got yeah. trained by the best, Sabu. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I, and I, Matt, Rob, that match itself, too, you mentioned it. It's like it was really well paced out because, like, yeah, there was those moments where, like, it would kind of slow down, but it was just so it could breathe a little bit. And fans can kind of take it in. But then there's like those moments where you would just, okay, here comes that spot where you do the leaping leg off onto the fucking barricade there. And then, you know, all that other stuff, those impactful stuff with the chairs coming into play. And yeah, there's a, there's an art to, um, to going to getting a, a peak pop where, and I don't mean the biggest peak of the, out of all of them, but every time it peaks, you have to, go from somewhere in order to get somewhere. And if you stay there and you're already there, then it's not as easy to, uh, uh, to get as good of a reaction. And this is kind of stuff that now I feel like Piper, cause I never really like to get this, give away this much stuff when I'm, you know, uh, talking openly, but I mean, 
let's just say um, to get the best reaction, I always believe a misdirection and then boom, hitting him where they didn't know it was coming. That's the idea of make him think you are going to get kicked out, you know, get pinned. But then at two and nine tenths, you just get that shoulder up. Sometimes they'll react like, oh, I thought that it got him. I use that art everywhere. Like before I hit the ropes, that's why I hit the ropes. Um, that's why sometimes I'll just be like, boom, and I just take off explosively. Um, that's why I do uh, a lot of things. That's why if I'm in the corner and someone's running at me, I will – I'll at least hold my fist up like I'm going to punch him before they hit me, or maybe I'm trying to get out of there. But everyone else, it'll just stand there, you know, and just wait. That's not the art um, that I am trying to, to to bring across. And so, 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 yeah, you got to have those. You got to bring them. You got to bring them down if you want them to go up. If you're already up, and unless you go up higher, which you know. There's another way to do it, more challenging, and and hopefully that's in your plan anyway. The, what to what you were saying too, uh, the finish of the match I thought was really cool because uh, Swerve's taunting you on the turnbuckle, and then instead of you just laying there and waiting for him to do it, you're just giving them the double birds like "fuck you, man," like that's it, and then boom. So it was a, it was a very cool finish too. And, uh, yeah, I think I I I understand that um, people that recorded it did not get to see the finish. I don't know where it cut off. I saw it. I don't know. Oh, but okay. I did. Yeah, and I watched. I think I not online, it. not online, but on TV. Yeah, well, so I have Sling, so I watch it live, but I watch it through the app there. So I don't know if I caught the overrun, but I was watching it in time. So interesting, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, let's take some super chats here. We'll do the screenshot one I did from last week real quick before I forget about it. Uh, boom, Mr. Whisper, $5 last week. Thank you. He said, Rob, Maven recently made a list of the most painful finishers to take, and it got me thinking if there was any you dislike taking in your career. Fonzie, we know the choke slam is yours by Giant Gonzalez. <laughs> but, Rob, how about you? Uh, well, you know, I, I, we talked about this somewhat recently, but um, obviously, uh, whoever. Uh, I was going to say their name, but I don't see their message. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, actually a choke slam is not fun to take. Um, it's, I would put that up there actually among the, the, the top. Um, I think for me, it's going to be the Alabama slam that um, boom. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that it's like a, you know, that wheelbarrow drop you on your neck move that, um, Del Wilkes used to give it to me in all Japan all the time. The Patriot. I think maybe Bobby Roode might have done that. I'm not sure. In TNA. He did a big spine buster, I remember. I he did that for sure. The spine yeah. buster for sure. I remember him doing that to me on a ladder. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, and Bob Holly. And the thing is, you're up there, and then wham, like – as much momentum as they can. Bobby Eaton, I think, used to do it, but I don't think he did it as stiff. But that's why that's probably why it's an Alabama jammer, Bobby Eaton. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, so. He did the, that leg drop too off the top too, the Alabama jammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but anyway, if you can't imagine, the reason that it's one of my least favorite to take is because it's so punishing, and there's so little I can do about it except for just eat it. Um, you know, I'm hoping that I don't slam the back of my head and that my neck doesn't hit so hard that, that 
some damage will be there, but there really isn't, uh, depending on how hard they want to slam you, you just got to eat it, you know, and you got your shoulders, you know, that you, you, you try to distribute the weight as much as you can, but no matter what, bam, it's a motherfucker. And it used to knock the wind out of me every single time, but I would never let them know because that's just the way that I am. I wouldn't let them know that they hurt me. Um, I would never complain, you know, back when I was green wrestling with Del Wilkes um, or when I was uh, fighting for ECW Pride with Bob Holly, you know. Yeah, yeah. I would even, I mean, would even, after a while with Bob, you had to do it, you know. Fuck it, do it to me on a chair. Right. You know? but, it, but it was still so physical um, and, and knocked the wind out of me. And it's still a choke slam for very much the same reasons. Yeah, Fonzie, is there a move that you hear a lot of wrestlers being like, oh, man, that's the fucking toughest move to take? Or is there anything that, that really stands out to you? A lot of the ECW stuff with the hot potato and the chairs been there. You know, I hold the chair. You're going to say the Van Dammeter. Man, those things were crazy to see and take. I, I, I'd get put through. I thought getting put through a table was going to be pretty tough. But Sabu says, all you're going to do, Fonzie, Sabu put me through a couple of tables uh, when I was with Taz. Mm-hmm. So Sabu said, Fonzie, you're just going to fall from here to the three foot. I'm going to fucking take the bump through the table. You know what I mean? Don't worry. You, you're you fine. Uh, and I never took a bad table. Was, How about that? Yeah. One uh, for me, for me to take, not to do. Right. I I put a guy through a table and came up uh, for some stupid reason. I volunteered, uh, and I broke three ribs. I did it the wrong way. I didn't know how to. Oh no! Remember you you put Ben through a table in Wisconsin a couple of years ago and in, in twenty one uh, in my match. You remember that? In Wisconsin, it was it was that uh, fundraiser show for the army dude. That, Ben, yeah, yeah. yeah, What's Ben's name? Ben, um, Ben Dover. I can't remember his last name right now. Is he a wrestler, or is he? He yes, he wrestles and he's and he and he promotes this uh, show in uh, Wisconsin. Uh, Super nice dude, and um, I'm just blanking on his last name right now. Maybe somebody in the chat will know. Me too. Yeah. Um, but usually the guys try to take care of you the best they can, but some of them you just can't. They do. They do hurt. Uh, other guys get busted up. Marty, speaking of getting hurt, Marty Janetti, I think he's doing a um, fundraiser thing. His ankle, and they may have to amputate. I just heard. I've been reading about it a little bit. They may have to amputate his leg. Oh, is that a new update? Because we had him on yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that's wow. a new. Like in the last four or five days, I just read it. Or oh, that's a, a legend's lunch. We have so many guys live in Florida, uh, in Tampa Bay area, that we have a legend's lunch every couple of months. And uh, they were talking about it. It was just last Thursday. Wow. Wow. And then I heard, too, I think I saw on his Facebook, or no, I saw on somebody's his sister passed away. Is that true, too? Did yeah. you guys know that? I, yeah. I read the thing. Wow. All thoughts and prayers go out to Marty for sure. I got three things uh, to say. Yeah. One, my friend in Wisconsin is Ben McCoy. Okay. I forgot that. Yeah. Two, one finish that I would fight 
before I would take is the Rikishi stink face. <laughs> and three, I talked to Marty just before we did this show. Oh, okay. So uh, he didn't mention the fundraiser. I mean, we weren't talking about that, but but yeah, the doctors want to take take his uh, damn it. His, his foot or leg. He's got sepsis, and sepsis uh, is really bad, and it spreads. It'll get up to your heart. It'll kill you. Uh, it goes through your organs quick. And so um, he's got that, and then his sister died. Yeah, and so, you know, not, uh, not you know, it's a bad, 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 sad week for him, you know, but. Um, I, I didn't mean to say Marty was doing a fundraiser. Somebody was talking about starting it for them. Oh, I figured I figured that would come around and I'll definitely support it. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, dude, why aren't you at the hospital on an antibiotic drip right now? Like that's what I don't understand. And he right. kept saying, Well, they say it's past that. I know I get that. I'm not saying instead of, but I'm saying to slow it down from spreading further. I, I there I mean, can't you do both? Like I don't get it. Is it what I, I don't know. I still didn't understand exactly, but um but yeah, he's uh, uh, considering it was good to talk to him, you know, connect with him. And I'm glad I called him. Yeah, yeah. Good to touch base. Yeah. The best of wishes to Marty for sure. Hopefully everything kind of turns out, you know, it's, yeah. it's so, hell of a worker too. Hell of a we'll, keep up, we'll keep you updated. If there's uh, any fundraiser or something that we can help push, we'll be doing it. Absolutely. 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 All right. Let's do some, a uh, couple super chats here. Seth, the writer of the RVD uh new intro song going down so he says right down the middle baby fonzie you you are you down for one more run of some of that sweet tk money meeting tony khan <laughs> swerve match was awesome let's manifest darby allen next because yeah you and uh seth connected about uh manifesting this with the swerve so um, right yeah, yeah. true <laughs> so fonzie yeah you would you would be up for uh some uh little aew appearance or several of them oh. Come in and pie face, uh, pie face, uh, hook who's very marketable. I like hook, he's very marketable and a hell of a hand in the ring. And uh, I would love to pie face him and um, and have my guy beat him one, two, three. Give me anybody to pie face him and let's be yes, I would love a uh, run. How about that? Picture, yeah. I picture a march, a match with Darby Allen being a lot like, um. Like we used to have with Spike Dudley, Fonzie. Right. Yeah. Remember those matches we'd have? Oh, so much fun! But man, we would just beat the shit out of Spike. <laughs> he would. My God, he was smaller than me. How when tall he was, was he? How tall was he? Five yeah. eight. I don't know. Okay. Wow. Five wow. six. Tough kid. Tough kid. And. uh he never, never would complain either. But man, I would be throwing chairs at him, hitting him in the head, over and over and over throughout the match, and just piling them on top of him and splashing the whole pile. And uh, and you know the guardrails, like those were some pretty hardcore matches. I really had a lot of fun, and I think he did too with them. I believe. But, yeah, I think uh, that spirit would probably try to manifest uh, or come out in a uh, <laughs> in a um, in a match with Darby Allen. Alright, Sabu gets in at 11.40. Okay. Oh, the wheelman RVD. I get you. 
<laughs> the Wheelman RVD coming uh, on. He was doing a show in Michigan. He was, and then he stayed extra um, and did some extra work. I don't know. He likes, I don't know, he went to some conventions that I don't think he was booked at originally or something and made an extra couple few days out of it. And now he's coming back to LV. I'm with him on the 17th of this month and in a couple of weeks in uh, uh, Rhode Island at a big convention. And then I'm with them in Hartford, Connecticut, right outside of Hartford at another convention. And of course, we're all together in April. In April. Ooh, are you not going to be in uh, Queens this weekend, Fonzie? No. That's weird because it's like ECW day. Really? No, I don't know anything about it. Uh, have you ever signed at that? Um, it's like an action figure store called. Um, yeah. I mistakenly, I mistakenly Universal? called. Universal? Yeah, Wrestle Universe. Yeah, yeah, oh. I there. I went there and did an appearance. Yeah, so I, me too, a couple times, but um, on the tenth, it's ECW day. So like, I'm there all day, and the other ECW wrestlers are going to be coming in and out um, in, in rotation. Store? Is it at the store? Yes, sir. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't hear they they didn't invite me. Out. Um, huh. uh, you know that ain't right, man. There's so much other stuff going on. I'm uh, um. I'm working every weekend until uh, I'm almost working every weekend until April. That's great. Right. And I'm already booked in June. I'm already booked in June. Two, two days in June. No shit. Damn. Yeah. Crazy. Well, um, fun. You ever get busier than you want to be, just raise your price. That's it. That well, pandemic, and I did. You remember you told me. High five. High five. You told me you didn't want to leave your house for a certain amount. You said it's not worth it. Uh, yeah, my standards. I was afraid to ask for more money, and yeah. I did, and they have no problem. Oh, and yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, that's probably why I have it's probably why I'm at this store all day Saturday, and everyone's coming in and out, but worth it. Absolutely. I like Queens, I've only been there a couple times, but I like it. Daddy's coming with me too. Oh, is she? I was Rob. I was going to ask too. Did she go to New Orleans with you? Because she's from there. Or can she make? Yes, it? that's awesome. Yep. Very cool. Um, cool. Super chats. Unsweet tease. Thanks for the five dollars. He says you always inspired me, Rob. Thanks for being a confident, free thinker. Curious what you like to drink after not being a drinker for a long time. Mm. You, you were drinking champagne couple months ago yeah, is it still your I'm, I'm still on the champagne kick yeah uh, that's that's been my go-to for a while now um i just remember last wrestlemania in la i was drinking mimosas and they were somewhat new to me and then i just wanted to cut the orange juice out because i didn't want the sugar Sure. So I would just get, can I get a mimosa without the orange juice and and then I switched to champagne. So so I guess a little less than a year. That's been my go-to. Like when I'm gonna have a drink, uh, I will order a uh, champagne. And in case you didn't know this fact, which I believe to be a true fact, Fonzie, see if you know this. Do you know that? Champagne only comes from France. If it doesn't come from France, it's not real champagne. Hmm. Mm. 
and, and usually, depending on where I'm at, when I order champagne, they say, is Prosecco okay? And I never, I didn't know what that was at first, but that's, Prosecco is like champagne they made here, also okay. called sparkling wine. And that's right. champagne made here. Otherwise, it's going to be made in France. I was also told tequila is the same way. Don't know if that one's true or not. Hmm. But it has to be in Mexico or else it's not tequila. But I don't know if that's true. They were two different sources. But the champagne thing has been confirmed. So we got that right here. And that's my go-to, dude. That's what I... You you know what uh, my drinking choice is? No. What? I'm not drinking it at all. Great. Good job, Daddy. Good job. I don't dehydrate. Right. What? Uh, when did you stop, Fonzie? Uh, at the beginning of the year. Good. That's great. Heck yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm never... I'm, I'm, I might have a drink again, but I'm just not drinking. It's got right now, right? Oh wait, it's only been three days this year so far. December, <laughs> <laughs> December. Okay, good job, Daddy. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I. Uh, I feel like the older I get, the more I appreciate uh, drinking and understand why people drink. Because normally. You know, I'd be I'd be the one to walk by the bar and be like, why are all those people in there? You know, and and and, and back then it was also about like they spent so much more money on a dinner bill than I do when I'm not drinking. And and but priorities changed. And, and now, like, I, you know, I, I, uh, I enjoy it. Don't don't care that it costs more. And also, um, I can only pretend I'm an alcoholic, though, because after a few days of drinking a lot, I can't wait to take a break from it. Oh, God. Yeah. Like my Pagololo. <laughs> Pagololo, I could keep going on. Although I will say, like, certain weed, like the weed that I have this week, I'm, I'm sick of it. It's dried out. And when it's dried out, it's a harsher kind of smoke. Uh, right. It doesn't taste as good. It feels dirtier. It's harder to roll. A lot of people don't realize it's, it's, it's a particular weed. People think, like, I don't like weed because, you know, when I tried it, this or that, it might have just been that kind. I even have certain kinds that I'm not as fond of and other kinds that I love. So it's a, it's just like alcohol, wide range of different families in the marijuana plant. But my shit's dried out and um, it's not a pleasure to work with. I like nice, fresh Pacalolo. Yeah. But there's so much good Pacalolo now around the planet. I mean, especially it's legal in half the country. It's uh, real easy to get the uh, high quality, fresh stuff. Some good stuff on there. Hey, there's an alternative too, and it's one of our sponsors actually this week is Get Blitzed. It's by Mickey Ray Sinatra and his wife Courtney. They are the big proponents of it. Uh, based out of Maryland, I believe. Uh, you can, uh, they're. THC and they're great. Get Blitz Lit Aid Nano Infused THC Serp is a premium cannabis infused serp formulated with nanotechnology for fast acting effects. So there we go. They mix with drinks. You only need a small dosage of it. There's several different flavors, but you go to uh, get-blitz.com and then use the promo code RVD and you get 15% off. 15% off your order and it's uh it's a great product. I, we got it, we got it sent to us, Rob, but I think it was so high in demand that somebody stole it from me because I never got my package, even though it was delivered, so. I'll take it over tonight. Damn, yeah. check your cat, check your cat. <laughs> yep, check my cat stole it. That's a good point, Rob. He probably did take it. it didn't know that. So, yeah, check it out. Get.com. 
I can't wait to Yeah, 15% off promo code RVD. It's that simple. So thank you, Mickey, Ray, and Courtney for sponsoring the show. Thanks, Um, Yeah. All right. Let's get to a couple more super chats here, and we'll we'll close it on out. uh, It's been so much fun with you guys talking talking shit here. So beyond the script, Rob, he was mentioning this uh, earlier when you were talking about uh, Bobby Roode. Uh, thanks again for the dollar ninety nine. I remember Sting no selling the Rolling Thunder in TNA. Rob, do you remember that happening at some point? Sting no selling the Rolling Thunder. No, I don't. But I I do have a comment on that. I don't remember him not selling the Rolling Thunder, but that wonderful debut match that I had in TNA in two thousand ten. Um, I. The idea was I'm just coming in and beating Sting really quick by surprise while he's distracted by Hulk Hogan. Mm. And I was going to run down as a surprise, climb to the top rope, jump off and do a kick and just cover him. And, and, And he wanted that. Oh, okay. And I was like, okay, cool. How about, you know, I'll just hit you with the Rolling Thunder and cover you. He's like, no, nah, that'll take too long. I want it to be quick. Just kick pin. And I was like, uh, okay. But I can do it. I can hit the ropes and roll and do it quicker than most people will even drop down to their knees and pin you. So it's not like a time thing. Like, I, like it's my cover. It's just the way I'm covering you. Like, I could, instead of, like, just hooking your leg, I could do a backflip on you or whatever. And, and at the time, I didn't understand why he didn't want to do it. Now, telling you, I I, I get it. He had a different vision of, of, of it being, boom, one, two, three. But anyway, I finally talked him into uh, uh, the the move. He wasn't, wasn't for it, but boom, I kicked him, hit the roast, wrong thunder, one, two, three. And that's what everybody saw. And he did sell it for the three count. I didn't want to. I was like, dude, I've never beat anybody with just the kick. So I don't want to make you look bad because that's a move that I do a lot. I don't think I've ever pinned anybody with it. Maybe if Fonzie held a chair over their face, I still don't know. But either way, that's the story. So one, two, three. And then afterwards, um, he hit me with a baseball bat to get his heat back up. And Hulk Hogan was supposed to be like right there. And to distract him, I fuck off. They do whatever. Boom. Go to commercial. But Hulk never came back. And so I kept getting back up and uh, and taking another belt shot and another shot. And he specifically said beforehand, I don't want to like beat the shit out of you with the bat. I said, no, no, we don't need that. He said, I think like, like one hit, you know, I said, cool. He gave him that one hit, but after a while, I was like, I can't stay down after one hit, which really, looking back at it, uh, I could have just rolled to the floor, uh-huh. and then all the then all the pressure would have been on Hulk coming out. But he never he came. It took so long to come out, they wouldn't notice then. And I kept getting up and feeding and feeding, and then eventually Hulk came down. And uh, and and I think I saved Hulk by doing that, even though it made me and my debut look kind of shoddy. I took one for the Hulkster. There you go. <laughs> if I would have rolled, rolled to the floor and it would have left us all just staring up at the ramp for two minutes, then uh, that, that might have not looked as good on Hulk. So even though he doesn't know it, I got your back, brother. Hey, dude. Got your back, dude. <laughs> 
Nice. Auntie, before we kind of close some stuff out, I did want to ask uh, in regards to just, um, you know, obviously you manage such legends like RVD and Sabu and everything like that. Uh, who did you kind of look up to growing up as a kid, being a fan of the business and everything like that? Who were some of your favorites? Eddie Graham. Uh, when I first started going to wrestling, my dad came home. He was a friend of the sports editor for the Tampa newspaper. And the Florida office used to put an ad who was in a wrestle on Tuesday nights. And they used to comp the, uh, the guy who worked for the newspapers tickets. My dad came home with two comp tickets. Hey, Billy, I got tickets for wrestling. I said, wrestling, what's that? I, I didn't know anything about wrestling. And I'm in a hotbed of the United States, Florida, you know. So curiosity got me, and I went that Tuesday night and fell in love with There's Eddie Graham, Bobby Shane, Bobo Brazil, uh, Dusty, Dick Murdoch. Um, uh, uh, I can name uh, Bob Roop. Oh, There's yeah. just so many. Damn. Uh, Manny Fernandez. Manny Fernandez, Coco Samoa, Mike Davis, uh, Scott McGee. There's Dusty. All right. Look at those photos. Man, you got a hell of a collection, Fonzie. Eddie Mansfield. My whole life's documented, man. Eddie Mansfield. Eddie Mansfield, yeah. Yeah. Continental Lover. Continental Lover. Damn, I wish I could pull up a card and, uh, um, but um, here's a picture. Look at this picture. It's me and another referee, Jimmy Jett. And that's a young Paul Heyman. That's a holy shit. Florida in the early 80s with a guy named Tombstone that was from like Baltimore. And Tombstone came down and wrestled for about six months. And Paulie was hanging out with Tombstone for the six months. And so Tombstone was leaving. And I was an assistant booker at that time with Bob Roop. Wow. And he said, hey, Fonzie, you think I can go to the ring and uh, be his manager? Well, he's only here another two weeks. And he was working with Scott Hall, um, putting Scott Hall over on his way out. And, I, and, and uh, Paul Heyman had a pair of jeans and a pair of Converse. And a I said, brother, you can't go to the ring like that. I said, do you have money to get a suit and look like a manager? He said, yeah, yeah. So he, uh, and I said, you don't mind taking the uh, Scott Hall's finish? And he took it every night for two weeks, and uh, I guess he never forgot it. <laughs> I, I guess not. I was instrumental in getting him into business, but I was instrumental in being with him in the business in the very early 80s. And telling him to wear a dang suit. <laughs> what was Scott Hall's finish back then? Do you remember? I think it was a choke slam. Was it choke slam? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Slam. Damn. All right. Um, we did have a couple Fonzie questions actually here, too. Um, Mickey Ray Sinatra. Fonzie, when I was a teen, I wanted to rip that whistle from your neck. Did anyone ever try to actually do it? And how bad did he get his ass whipped if so? Nobody actually. I look back at some of the matches that I and I did blow that whistle consistently and I thought I blew too much. Now I blow it on my entrance. Oh no, he froze again. These entrance, and when people yeah. ask me to, and at conventions. Uh, oh no, he's reloading. Oh, You're I'm, back. I'm back, Daddy. So, um, I did blow it a lot. I annoyed a lot of people, and I look back at it now. I said, "Damn, I blew the match during the whole band damn match." It's probably 
60 or 70 percent of the match too much but now i get it on my entrance a little bit during the match and on the finish uh but no nobody ever tried to get it from me luckily and if they did they would have got stretched they were there would have been some issues going on there <laughs> sometimes he would blow it in, in my ear and, and i wouldn't expect it you know and it would piss me off i'm like laying on the apron selling and all of a sudden he's in my ear i'd be like oh, oh, damn it and that you gotta sell the ear pain <laughs> Yes, we need at least one this show. We need at least one. <laughs> Legend One Man follows up, Rob. He says, always grateful and appreciate you and Fonzie for all the memories. Legends, you guys are legends. So there we go. Awesome. Appreciate you. Yeah. All right, here's another question. We'll close it out probably with this one, unless you guys want have anything else you want to cover. Ask Fonzie, why isn't he smoking some 420 like RVD? You know you got some in Tampa, Daddy. You were talking about it. Yeah, I got a big thing, and uh, I'm going to roll one up right after. I, I usually don't smoke in my home. I just bought a brand new uh, I have a brand new home, my wife and I, and I usually don't smoke inside. I smoke on the lanai outside, so I got a big fat one getting ready to be rolled up. Believe me, I'm going to light one up. <laughs> He's going to get it done for you, so don't worry about that. <laughs> By the way, um, until recently, and I think maybe – what was it that, that made me, what well, was, I guess, a couple years ago, like around COVID, I guess when I started the CBD company, maybe that was around the time. But before that, I never would uh, smoke on film mm. because, because, well, one, I didn't like the way that I looked smoking anyway. I thought it looked dirty and really, you know, on a personal ego level. But on a bigger level, it was just because I didn't want it to be used against me. I always thought that, you know, um, conservative people would say, you know, my, you know, you have kids that are fans of you and you're smoking marijuana, which, you know, I, I would rather, um, if a kid's going to take after me as an adult, when he's older, I would rather have him pick up a, you know, marijuana than, than a cigarette. Right. But you can't explain that you know, um, and without really explaining it. But anyway, I used to never. So when I would even, even like when I was on that first, um, uh, who's the fat guy with the beard? Um, the, the cook, he cooks ancient aliens, um, blah, 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 rapper, uh, rapper, a rapper. Come on, man. He's uh, I was on his show me and Sabu a couple times. Ancient aliens, Bronson, Bron action, Bronson, action, Bronson. Yes. There you go. Um, he does. He, he does. So look when I was on there, like I wouldn't smoke on there. They're all smoking, and I would. I would only do it when the camera is off and stuff, uh, because that was just my personal policy. And then, and then it was. A, there was a point where I was like, okay, the world's ready for it. You know what I mean? It's not. Legal in three quarters of the country. Uh, you can walk in a store and buy it without a medical license. Here's still medical uh, um, marijuana, but half the country you know are well, you're, i know you're you're just throwing out statistics to make a point which yeah. which you're right but check this out Fonzie. we only have eight states left that don't have some kind of a uh a marijuana program yeah out of 50 so like what the fuck and it's like the carolinas um a lot down there in the uh in the in the bible belt pretty sure texas is still there and uh, <clears throat> anyway, that's gonna, it's gonna change quick. What, Daddy? They're they're changing, missing a lot of revenue. 
uh, those eight states that don't have it in some form, but they will eventually be uh, legal in the whole country. Right. So uh, that makes me wonder this, because I know from decades of studying uh, what history that uh, marijuana is prohibited because it would compete with so many big conglomerate businesses. And those businesses are owned by the true world leaders. So when it comes down to the last states that are dragging, that are taking their time, I wonder if said world leaders have an interest or investment in those particular states or is that just more of a uh of a delaying plan for the overall nation you know to delay it uh as much and those are just the last last pins to fall you know yeah that's a good point i wonder yeah that's very intriguing jeez we'll have to wait and see jeez <laughs> Well, uh, Fonzie, is there anything else you want to mention in that stuff before we close out? This has been great having you on. We got to get you back on here too. Oh, I'd love to come back on. Maybe can I put a couple people over? The, Absolutely, hundred percent. That I work for, of course, I mentioned that show on the seventeenth in Warwick, Rhode Island. Uh, I'm with Sabu making an appearance at a convention. Dennis Rodman. It's not only going to be just a wrestling convention. It's going to be some different celebrities and Ron Simmons and a bunch of a few a few of the boys. Um, I want to mention this company I work for, CCW in Florida. I work for them once or twice a month. Uh, it's a great company. I want to mention AIW out of Cleveland that I work for once a month. I fly, they fly me up and pay me well, and I have a great time with a company. They're doing really well, growing a thousand people. That's pretty good for a little indie company. And they're like a young ECW, these two companies I just mentioned. Uh, and I can't wait to get to uh, the big WrestleCon in uh, Philadelphia, where it all started uh, uh, for me, in a way, in April. We're hang out with RVD and, and Sabu and all the boys. Sandman, can't wait to see Todd Gordon, one of my best friends. But I say hello to my boy in Boston, John, who's been watching. Uh, he watches your show all the time. Nice. You know what I mean, John? You know what I mean, John, from back in the 90s, do you? I'm not sure. You had when we when we did the ECW shows at the dog at the Greyhound track. You had a guy we called John from Boston. I believe that's he was bring the weed. Yeah, that's him. He yeah. was like a gangster. He had a tattoo on his yeah. neck or something. Yeah, you know tattoo on his neck. He's a little gangster. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Tell him I said hello. I will. I will. Yeah. See him and hang out. He's got some real good 420. Send me your pictures. I can't wait to get here, Bonzi. He'll hook us all up. We're gonna have a great time. Take you out for fried clams and stuff. So I saw him like 25 years ago, probably last. Right. Right. Like, I yeah. seen him for quite a while. Hey, is my friend Pablo still with CCW or no? Uh no. No. Okay. No. Bonzi, is that CCW? Is that the one that uh Gangrel also runs to, or am yeah, I thinking of something different? And yeah, the Brazilian giant Nelio, he's the owner of the company, him and Dan are great guys. And for some reason, they love me. And I'm, on, I'm uh, in Kissimmee. Imagine that. I'm in Pompano this Saturday, uh, coming up with this company. Um, they, they're doing really well. And they run every first Saturday in Hialeah, which is Miami, basically. Uh, and they're drawing uh, a thousand people. It's great. And a hell of a show. A great crew 
And um, I'm, you know, so shout out to those guys. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Sweet. We actually got another quick super chat in here. Uh, Unsweet Tease, thanks again for the $5. Uh, this for both of you. Curious if you remember a Rhino promo, Heatwave 99 or 2000, I think, said he'd shove Fonzie's whistle up his ass and violate RVD's face with fists. Do you remember this at all? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't particularly. Do you remember that, Fonzie? Not at all. But <laughs> <laughs> we did so much cool stuff, man. Yeah. I remember laughing at a couple of things that Rhino said, but I don't particularly remember those words. That's pretty funny. I see him at these conventions all the time. I see a lot of the boys at conventions. I see Sandman frequently. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're cool to do. They are. Cool. The Dudley boys, boys all the time. Oh, yeah. They always keep busy, especially Bully Ray there. He does. Bully Ray does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Now and Rhino's a fun dude too. It's uh, I would love to be able to interview him or interact with him at some point. We'll see. I think Shane Douglas and Francina was just with them last month. Nice, uh, nice, cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, Fonzie, before we go to real quick, is there anybody that you think you would mesh up very well managing wise today in today's modern pro wrestling? Like any younger guys that you'd be like, I'd I'd love to manage that guy. I would love to come into AEW and give me a guy that can work his ass off that's not a big superstar and let us pie face hook and beat him. Uh, any of them, anyone that can work really well, put me with them and I, and I guarantee you will be uh, uh, entertainment. Good. Keeping that ECW legacy cooking. Rob, you did it last week. Yeah, huh? no, Rob did it last week and it was amazing. For. I would love to come in and blow my whistle and, you know, and uh, I'm only picking Hook up because of my relationship with Taz. And I like Hook a lot. I think he's a hell of a hand. And he's so marketable, just like uh, Dusty's kid. Yeah, Cody. Cody, absolutely. Yeah, marketable guys, man. That's what the business is now. Have you, met him? Have you met Hook? No, I haven't met him. Mm. Cool kid. Very likable. Choke and smoke. Choke and smoke. The ultimate tag team there. Because, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it. Cool. Well, guys, uh, if you want to follow Fonzie on uh, social media, I know Twitter, it's Alfonso Bill. Uh, and you can follow RVD at The Real RVD. You can follow me at Dominic D'Angelo. But hey, follow this podcast. You can tune into Rob's YouTube channel here if you're tuning in live or go to RVDTV.com. It's the new channel that we got cooking. Uh, full episodes get up posted up there every Monday at 4.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Plus, you can tune into our uh, the audio version of this on wherever you get your podcasts. So do that. Give us a five-star rating for that five-star frog splash. And uh, let us know what you think. And we'll be happy to read those on air, too, coming up. And um, I'm very easy to get a hold of on social media. Bill Fonzi Alfonso on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and all that. And uh, Alfonso Bill on uh, Twitter. Awesome. Um, and I get back with everybody who social media is me. Um, I get back with them in a certain way, especially if they want me to come do an appearance. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And yeah, Fonzie, send me any info too you want. I'll be sure to include it in the podcast description. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, I'll be happy to do that. You're five yeah. star, Eddie. Yeah, I know what. You know. You're a great host. Hey, thank you very much. Rob, did you want to do some sort of ideology or we can wait till next week? It's up to you. I'm going to leave some words. I like it. Leave some yeah. words. All right, Rob. The state floor is yours. Yeah. So uh, 
we talked, uh, I mentioned a few times, um, it's, <laughs> if think, just think about if you want to be that person, you know, and if you do, then I get it because it's a non-accountable world that we live in now, but I try to get people to think beyond that because really you're a real person and everything that you do affects the life that you end up having. And, you know, there's a, there's a theory that no matter where you go, you got yourself there. I'm not saying that there's not victims of circumstances, but if you really break it down to literal senses, they got themselves there. Um, so, I, when I'm reading the comments uh, on my match that I had with AEW, there's there's like for every uh, from what I read, it's, it was almost all positive. So I just want to say maybe for every from every twenty, you know, oh my god, you, you know, fucking great RVD, so inspiring, wow, dude, you still move crazy, crazy. There's gonna there's gonna be one uh, person that wants to take a negative. Uh, approach and like why why would you want to be the thorn that's the pain in the ass <laughs> because because I always wonder like did they read the other comments and it's not just you know about stating someone's opinion it's not it, it gets it gets worse and, and, and how I deal with it Katie taught me to do this when it's on social media. We just heart it anyway, because we laugh. Do you think we care if you don't like us? Because if that's why you're doing it is because uh, you don't like us and want us to know or something, then whatever. But Katie, Katie taught me this because on Instagram, she'll go through it and like all the comments and, and, and there'll be people plastic shaming her, you know, like, Ooh, more plastic than, uh, my trash bag, whatever. And then uh, she'll go through and like it. And then I'll go, I didn't mean for that to be a compliment. She'll go through and like that one too. <laughs> she, just, she just laughs at it. And that's really the best attitude that, that you can take, I think. So I do that too. So if you see that I liked your comments, that doesn't mean I agreed with them. I could have laughed at them. Uh, it, it, it depends. But there was a comment Someone said, you know, I mentioned that um, the day that we were found out about uh, Vince's, you know, um, allegations, it was a really weird day. We woke up and I found out two people um, that, that we know um, died. And there was one comment, how could you relate a porn star's death to Vince uh, Vince's allegation charges? And like, I don't know if that person knows just, just how much ignorance um, they have because that's like it's almost like a separated world and I'll explain that in a second but you know it, it, people want to be able to put people underneath them their egos want them to feel better about themselves so sometimes uh, maybe they think porn stars for, for whatever reason are less human than them Hey, I might live at home with my mom and be broke and be 35, but at least I'm not a porn star. Meanwhile, a girl that's in adult film that doesn't have the same values as him, so she's not ashamed of it, she's okay with it, is hanging out by the pool 
getting a son in Mexico, loving her job, making money, and even has fans. And nobody knows who the fuck you are. So for you to try to throw somebody under the bus and expect everyone to, to get um, the the same weight on it that you're trying to throw, it just it doesn't work that way. And I'm going to say again, why do you want to be that person? People like to hear what you like a lot more than what you don't like. Keep that in mind. And there's a time and place for everything. And everything, of course, is circumstantial. But uh, I'll see comments in, in sometimes in my uh, posts, Instagram or whatever, where they'll say, um, ooh, his girl, um, you know, it, it, her, she's something about plastic or whatever. And so I, I laugh. And then I just heard it. Now, what do you think I'm going to think about the person that said that, though? Why would you want somebody to think of you as being that person? You know, um, is it because you want attention so much that even bad attention is worth it? Are you a big enough mark to where it'd be worth it to have people talking about you, even if it was the fact that Vince took a dump on your head? I think a lot of people would they'd be like hey at least at least that would mean something i would have validation people would know i exist and you know that that's kind of pathetic and i get where people uh do feel like they don't mean anything but it's still just your ego telling you that you're above people that you're not trying to put them underneath you because of something that only you feel makes you a basic thinker because they don't have the same values as you. So you're unhappy basically for them having a much happier life. And you're the one that's feeling uh, grief about it and negative energy. And here's what I meant by almost living in a separate world. Um, you know, a lot of people uh, talk to me for positive influence, advice, stuff like that. I've heard this so many times from those people that are in those discussions with me, people that want to be more positive and want to grow spiritually as a person. And, uh, and this is what I hear from a lot of them. I can't be around negative people anymore, bro. I just can't do it. As soon as someone opens their mouth, they want to start talking about, oh, this is fucked up. I got to leave. You don't know how many people there are like that, but if you're one of those negative people, oh, Fonzie just uh, FaceTime me. Did you cut him off? No, I didn't cut him off. He he exited out though. Oh, hey, Fonzie, daddy. Hey, daddy. I'm still talking. I'm almost done. <laughs> <laughs> you had to wait. Uh, yeah, daddy. Thanks for coming on. Oh yeah, I had a I had a fucking good time with you guys. I would just tell my my wife said. You guys went down uh, two hours. I yeah. Said, but I was a part of it for two hours. We were flowing pretty good, talking a lot, because we covered a lot. And it was good PR for me. And then you got it. Awesome, man. Yeah, I'm still I'm still talking. We're going to wrap it up right here, because you're right. It has been a really long one. But I appreciate it, dude. I'll talk at you soon. And uh, that's right. I got to get Sabu. So I got to hit my workout. Yeah, You're welcome, Fonzie. My pleasure, man. Log my number in your phone. You call me anytime. All right. You too, brother. Thanks.
Thanks, guys. I'll see you soon, RBD. Okay, see you, Daddy. Thank you. Thanks, Love Daddy. you. Yeah. So anyway, I think if you don't get where I was going, you know, I don't need to like go on and on and on. But, you know, when it comes to like, do you know, do you think that we care about you liking us? What I'm thinking of from that is that people have different values. And so they don't like people based on their values, but we don't have your values. So we can like ourselves, even if you don't. And but you looking down on us is ridiculous with our values. And that's what you got to realize is that everyone's got their own perspective. Everyone's got their own values. Do you know that actors used to be looked down upon actors in Hollywood hotels, restaurants used to have signs that said no actors allowed. They weren't liked. Why? Because they were not cohesive with the Christian ways. They stayed up at night, worked during the night sometimes and slept in the day that alone was the devil's work back in a certain certain day. And, uh, you know, not to mention they partied. Hey, you know what? Um, that changed. People love actors now. They look at them like gods and give them billions of dollars. <clears throat> Just because someone doesn't like you doesn't mean that you should uh, let it change uh, or affect you. Uh, even really even let it affect if you like them or not. You know, I've said that a few times. There's certain people I can that I that dude's energy turns me off. He could be my biggest fan. I'll feel the same way, and I feel the opposite. Suppose I like people, and I'm like, even if they said they didn't like me, I would still appreciate the same things about them. Anyway, that's our ideology, and I'm just saying it's your ego that tells you that <clears throat> you're above other people only because your ego only knows your values. You know what else your ego tells you? That you would kill somebody if you're mad enough. What's that about? Do you ever see people that want to fight? Why are they so sure that they can kill the other one, even if they've never been in a fight before? That's always weird to me. Like, oh, yeah, fucking come over here and say that again. Say that again. I dare you. I will fuck you up. It's like that rage takes over and you don't have common sense anymore. It's so weird when people are so sure. I love it when I see people like that get knocked out. Mm -hmm. Boom. I love it. It's like instant karma. And it's also a lesson. Don't let the ego get the best of you. You know, uh, I don't know if you're better than everybody else. For me, I feel like I'm only as good as my last match. What if my match wouldn't have gone good? What would people be saying if I would have slipped and got hurt one time? Or what if I was uh, having a hard time breathing because uh, whatever, I had a cold or something. Everyone would be like, oh, man, he's blowed up. He can't go the way. You Leave half of what you see. Or no, half of what you hear, none of what you see. Is that what it is? I think so. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that sounds right. Dude, that's... That's a good thing to go by. I'm always trying to tell you, you don't know what you think you know. There's a much bigger picture. Um, I will destroy you. What is it with that? Even when it comes to authority, if you ever hear somebody say this, oh, yeah, well, that's that's fine. Until, but anytime you try to come up against me, you are going to lose every single time. What kind of ego does it take to come at someone like that? I mean, you were trying to dominate the fuck out of them. So if that's like a dad telling his little kid not to be mouthy or something, then I, I guess I get it. 
not a parent, I would hate that. But otherwise, you're just trying to take all of their energy by intimidating them. And I don't see that as a good thing. I don't see rage as a good thing. Emotion overrules logic. I'd rather stay calm, use my logic, and 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 also my own values. And uh, you're welcome to your values. Judge me by them, please. <laughs> That's all I got for you. Yep. People live in their bubbles, and they think they're they know what they're talking about. And there's a much bigger picture. Always. Always a much Always. bigger picture. Cool, Rob. Good shit today. It was a lot of fun having Fonzie on. He was great stuff, man. So, um, yeah, good stuff. So, yeah, that was good. That was good. So, yeah, when you're writing stuff out there and putting stuff out into the universe, sometimes ask yourself, do I want to be that guy? Even if you're a girl, I'm using guy as a sexually interchangeable term here. Yes, yes. See? Yeah. yeah. Always think about it. Because, what, yeah, you want attention. Why are you doing the negative stuff for? It's like, or. You're just a negative person. Really worth saying that, you know. Why put that out there? But yeah. And if you think I'm just keeping it honest, (laughs) sometimes shutting your mouth isn't dishonest. Right. (laughs) There you go. That's it. All right, cool. Thanks, Dom. Appreciate you, dude. You're welcome. Appreciate you too, Rob. It's been a good show. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you next week here on One of a Kind. Sweet. Sweet.